Ooh. <laughs> that was very fancy. Um, so hello, my name is Morgan Domeyer and my pronouns are she and her. And I am a student at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. I'm currently studying forensics. And I'm Ethan Schaefer. Um, my pronouns are he, him, his. And I am studying music and business at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Should I introduce myself? Well, we'll, we'll get to you in a second because you'll have all the time in the world. <laughs> um, but just to let you know, I'm going to be doing the um, questions and Ethan's going to turn off his, his video and his microphone and he's just going to be taking notes. So just to, just to let you know that's going to be happening. <laughs> Um, but we're here to interview you for the Colorado Springs LGBTQ Oral History Project. And um, we just, let's see. Uh, oh, we wanted you to know that this is a really informal interview. So it's, uh, it's not supposed to, you know, be too stuffy or anything. And like we said before, anything you don't want to talk about, just let us know. Um, and then if you feel comfortable with uh, going ahead, we can go ahead and start. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start by uh, having you introduce yourself, your pronouns, where you're born and raised. Um, we'll start with that. Okay. Uh, my name is Brianna Salazar. My pronouns are she, her. Um, let's see. I grew up in Montebello, California, which is uh, East Los Angeles. Uh, and right now I am living in Colorado Springs. This is my home and I am a behavioral interventionist with the Community Partnership for Child Development. And uh, yeah, that's kind of me in a small little tiny nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how would you describe yourself? And by that, I mean um, your identity. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting right into we're, it. We're going to start right there. Um, you guys don't have all night. So I, I, well, I we've got some time. <laughs> How do I identify? Well, um, I identify as a woman. I identify as a pansexual. I identify as a roller derby skater. Um, I identify as a um, Mexican-Ukrainian uh, person. Um, I'm a dog lover. <laughs> I um, love to take joy in the little things um, that makes my life happy. And um, I generally like to um, fill my life with those joys and uh, how else do I identify? I'm a hard that, worker. <laughs> that sounds awesome. All of that is great. Um, um, so you, you live here in Colorado Springs now. How long have you been here? I've lived in Colorado Springs since 2003. So that's, oh shit, what is the math on that? 20? 19. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 19 years geez yeah uh so I lived here longer than I lived uh where I grew up so okay mm -hmm. well we can uh we can start where with uh where you grew up so about your childhood and your family um do you have any brothers or sisters 
I do. I have an older brother who's 10 years older than me. So a lot of times he um, is more like a father. Sometimes it's just the two of us. Um, I grew up in, um, I had both my parents growing up. They were married, um, unhappily married, but married, uh, you know, because of course they stayed together for the kids. Uh, I went to Catholic school my whole life, uh, Catholic all girls school in high school. And uh, my parents probably thought that was a safe bet. Little did they know I was about to come out. So um, <laughs> that kind of backfired on them. Uh, let's see. And then I graduated high school when I was 17. And my mom and I, we kind of were like oil and water. So I needed to leave the house. I had to get out and college was my ticket out. So um, I went to school at Humboldt State University, which is in Northern California. So I was still luxury to the in-state tuition, but far enough away that they couldn't visit on the weekends. <laughs> Um, and then while I was there, my first um, major, I, I wanted to be a marine biologist and um, took some science courses and it just was not sticking. <laughs> it was not uh, what I was good at, but I was really interested in psychology. And so, and also kind of making sense of my childhood and my relationship with my mother. So I was really interested in child development. And so that that's um, a Essentially, I graduated with my bachelor's in child development with an emphasis in psychology. And that's kind of where it got me now to being a behavioral interventionist, which I fucking love. Can I cuss? Is that okay? Oh, I, I think it's just fine. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you're the, the only person. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, college was amazing. It was eye-opening. I got to see lots of perspectives. I was humbled. I met amazing people. Um, for people that don't know where Humboldt State University is, it's in Northern California, deep in the Redwood Forest. Uh, so the invite, and right on a real cliffy coast as well. Um, so it was just beautiful up there. And so I was surrounded by beauty in so many aspects of my life. And I'm so glad to have had those experiences um, and lucky that I was able to do that. Let's see, um, I'm kind of really going fast. I went really quickly through my childhood. It was good. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, my brother's 10 years older than me. So it was kind of like, you know, I didn't really have that like close sibling relationship with him. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We had something in common and that was our parents <laughs> having to live with them. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my house was full of pets we had um dogs cats rabbits guinea pigs birds um yeah possums in the backyard they weren't pets but they were back there <laughs> <laughs> they still count yeah <laughs> <laughs> um do right now do you live very close to any family yes okay so that like goes further into my history uh so when I graduated from college, I graduated essentially to be an early educator. Well, my family, you know, my mom and dad lived in Los Angeles and on my type of salary, there was no way I was going to afford my own housing if I were to go back to Southern California. And there was also absolutely no way I was going to move back in with my parents. I should back up a little bit because this is probably really, um, this is an important caveat. 
when I came out to my parents in high school, I was then uh, made to go see a therapist. So um, my mom, fa- I came out kind of un, it wasn't really on my terms. So my mom found like a love letter. And of course I went to an all girls school. So who is this letter from? And uh, my mom was not pleased. And uh, so I was then made to go see a psychiatrist. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it might have a little bit. It kind of sent you on your path of <laughs> being interested in that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, but for my to my mom's chagrin, I uh, it did not scare me straight. So, um, moving back in to that household was not ideal for me, and it just I am lucky that my parents didn't you know, disown me or not want to talk to me anymore, but it definitely was not something that they wanted to talk about with me. Um, I, I surely couldn't have brought like a, a girlfriend home. That was not something that they would approve of. So um, when I graduated college, moving in with my parents was not an option um, and I couldn't afford LA. So I decided to move to Colorado because my brother had moved here. Ah. And yeah, so that's, there's the connection. Okay. So, um, I was like, Oh, okay. Fred's out there. That's cool. I'm going to go check out Colorado. And I moved out here and I loved it. I started working at UCCS at the family development center. <laughs> um, and I met some amazing still friends from there. Um, people that I have, I'm real close to. So, um, I fell in love with it and I stayed here for a while. I moved away for like six months. I moved to Kansas city, um, hated it and then moved back. So <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> um, so that's how long you've been here when you were, um, at UCCS, did you, is that kind of how you got introduced to the LGBTQ plus community here? Or was that just, a kind of where you were working with friends and you know honestly yeah that was just friends um you know I I don't think it's necessary for everybody I meet to know my sexuality like I it does it's it's sure something I identify with but that's not like how I introduce myself right so there's a an assumption that I'm heterosexual. And um, so that question never gets really brought up. When I was at UCCS teaching, um, I never really talked about my sexuality. It just, I think, cause I was new to the area and I wasn't really sure like the stance here, especially being um, heavily military community. Um, I just wasn't sure. So that is actually not where I was introduced to um, anyone that was actually gay. I mean, I don't recall anyone that was gay when I was working there. Um, I actually met somebody at Zizos, which is this local, you know, costume shop who happened to work at like a sushi place that I would go to. And like, I knew she was gay. And so we like introduced each other. Um, And then that's how I kind of met more of the community was kind of me like, oh, she's she's part of the family. I know her. <laughs> that's that's actually I I didn't know that. Um, uh, so one of the questions that we had for you was um, if you had a moment of coming out, and you did kind of talk about that and how your life changed a little bit. But um, 
did did that kind of you talked a little bit about how that affected your relationship with your family but did it kind of affect it um with your dad as much as your mom was it just your mom was your brother affected by any of it or your extended family I'm so glad you asked that question because I almost forgot to tell my most favorite coming out story. Um, so no, my mom was not accepting. My dad, my dad loves everybody. It just doesn't matter. Um, so he was a lot more accepting. My mom, I think, I mean, I don't know this, but this is like the psychology part of it. I think my mom might've struggled with her own sexuality um, and being who she was. I don't think that she explored that. Um, so I wonder if some of like me coming out, maybe brought some things to light for her. I will never know because my mother uh, has passed away, but, um, yeah, that's kind of what I think about dad. He was fine with it, but dad's real passive. Like he's like, Oh, peace, love, you know, he's hippie. Uh, my brother, my brother's really cool about it too. He was like, I mean, I remember one time he was supposed to be like, not babysitting me because I was in high school, but like hanging out with me. And I had like a girlfriend over and he didn't care. He was like, whatever. Um, my favorite coming out story was at Disneyland. Uh, my cousin, Corey Joe, uh, she's my cousin, senior, four years older than I am. Um, she came out, she's from Virginia. She came out to visit as she would like every summer. And we were, and we're real close. We're like sisters. Um, she came out and we went to Disneyland and I was trying to fish because I was kind of like, I need to talk to somebody about this. And I really trust this family member who was basically like my sister. I love her. Um, so I was kind of like trying to get an idea of her sexuality, like talking like, oh, you know, do you have a boyfriend or, you know, we're just talking. Well, we're in line of Space Mountain and uh Finally, we get boarded and her and I are sitting next to each other on the roller coaster. And I just finally said, I like girls. And she said, I do too. And then the ride just like shot off. And it's just like, oh my God, we just start screaming. We can't have a conversation at that point because we're on a ride. Um, so then when we got off, it was just like, oh my God this is so amazing that somebody that I love and I value in my life and is my family is also gay. Like, this is so cool. Um, that's my favorite coming out story. And she'll say the same thing. She's like, I just love the way we came out to each other at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> uh, um, I will say we never told our grandparents. Um, in fact, my cousin's mother, my aunt asked her specifically not to tell them. Um, my grandfather would say very like, um, uh, so in the Hispanic culture, it's called machismo. He would say these things like Brianna, the way to a man's stomach is through his heart. Or no, I got that reverse. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And I would say, grandpa, that's the way to my heart. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so my cousin Corey and I in our like immediate cousin like first cousin family we are um we have since come out to the rest of our family I mean I'm married now and all of my family was invited so I mean we have since come to come out to the rest of our family um but our grandparents never knew mm -mm. <laughs> do um did it change anything when like for instance when they were invited to the wedding were they 
weird about it or were they just kind of like it's it's just it's Brie it's fine you know yeah uh it's interesting because you know like I said my mom had passed and so she didn't attend my wedding um which I know like ultimately she would have been fine with I mean she met Taylor before she passed away so she knew I was dating her um my that the Salazar side my dad's side they're, they were totally cool with it. They were fine. Um, my mom's brother was invited and he, I mean, he, he didn't say anything to me, but why would he? It's my fucking wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's very um, true. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, once I was married, nobody's, you know, nobody says anything. Um, it's interesting though, cause my nephew is a trans boy and my dad is like struggling with pronouns. Um, and it's not because he doesn't accept it. I think it's because he's, you know, he, he knew before uh, my nephew was trans, like, you know, the birth story. And so I think it's hard for him to change the pronouns, not because he's not accepting of it, but because he might, he's old and he's used to it. I don't want to give him an excuse. I don't think that's an excuse because I will correct him every fucking time. But um, I do notice he's getting better, but I think because he lives here now before he was living in California and didn't get to see us as much. And now he's with us all the time. And so I think it's, it's now kind of like, you know, getting in there, like, yeah, these are the pronouns you used at. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, so you already explained the the Disneyland story, the roller coaster story. Was there anyone else that um, from your past or even your present that have been really um, important in developing your identity? I guess if that's what you want to call it, I, um, or or in your your growth as a pansexual woman. Um. You know, my cousin Corey, of course, was, you know, always supportive and I always looked up to her. Uh, so she made things a lot easier, especially in my family, to be open and um, unapologetic. And um, so that was nice to have that support. Um, I have had two experiences in my life that it has been difficult to come out to somebody. Um, one of them being a coworker of mine who I had met at UCCS. Uh, she is this uh, God-loving woman, and we would have these intense conversations even before she knew that I was gay about um, trans people, um, people that are gay, people like we would have these intense conversations because we didn't hold the same beliefs. And so when I finally came out to her, I was scared that she didn't, she wouldn't want to be my friend anymore. And I loved her. I mean, I just, uh, she was so inspiring to me. Um, so that was really scary. But then when I came out to her, she was totally fine. She's like, I love you. Like, even though like it, we don't share the same beliefs, it doesn't change who you are in my life. So I was like, that's awesome. Um, coming out to Taylor's parents, not coming out, but letting them know that we were getting married. Uh, that was really hard because Tay and I have talked about this, you know, our parents, you know, when we're born probably have, as a lot of parents do, these ideas of 
their child and what their child's going to be like, you know, in the future. And I know for a fact that my mom probably fantasized about an extravagant wedding to a Prince Charming for me. And that's not, well, Taylor's my Prince Charming. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you know, that's not what she I'm sure envisioned. And so when we told Tay's parents again, they, they're also very God loving and religious. And so telling them that we were getting married was really hard and we cried because it's like you have a choice in talking to your parent like either you support us and you love us and you go on this journey with us or you don't and that's fucking hard oh my god I'm not gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) it's okay if you do (laughs) we're not gonna judge (laughs) I mean that's especially hard for Taylor uh, hard for me because I know how important family is to her. Um, and at first her father was uh, kind of pushed back a little. Um, but I knew the more they got to know me and the more they got to know us together, um, it was going to be okay. And it was, it was. So we still are in contact, of course. In fact, we went on an anniversary trip with Taylor's mom. <laughs> um, so that turned out good, but that was scary as hell. I mean, there was a potential that we were going to lose two really fucking important people in our lives. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so since you mentioned Taylor, could you tell us a little bit more about uh, your, your guys's relationship? How did you meet all of those things? Oh, the lovely meeting story. The courtship mm-hmm. is also romantic. Um, so Taylor, she's actually in the next room. Uh, she, her and I met at a bar. Uh, it was not a gay bar. It was uh, the old Tony's on Colorado. And I was just living it up. I mean, I was in roller derby. I was in burlesque. I was really feeling myself. I had been single for quite a while. Um independent woman, you know, living by myself in an apartment on the West side, just living it up and going to Tony's quite often. Uh, (laughs) And uh, Taylor had just moved here from, at the time she was living in LA, she's from San Diego, but uh, she moved here because this is where her parents lived. And she was hanging out at Tony's too. She's kind of mysterious hanging out the end of the bar because she didn't know a lot of people. Um, and perhaps it was beer goggles or heart eyes. I'm not sure which, <laughs> but I was like, Ooh, I like her. I want to know who she is. And a mutual friend of ours, um, who we lovingly call balls, uh, introduced <laughs> us cause balls, her name is Elizabeth, but she had met Taylor before. And so she introduced us and, um, yeah, that's how we would we would hang out at Tony's. And there's this one story that uh, I we had it, you know, really hung out or anything. And I just drunkenly walked up to her at Tony's, licked her lips, and said, "You're a teen," <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> so then she like followed me, uh, followed me, got my phone number, um, and then she called me, and. I was kind of going to not ghost her, but I was just like, oh, okay, I'll go on a date. 
Well, we had planned, actually, let me back up. Um, she called and texted me about hanging out. And at the time, my first gay friend that I ever met in Colorado Springs, I was hanging out with her and her girlfriend and they knew I was like kind of interested in Taylor. And so Taylor was texting me while I was at their house. And uh, one of my friends is like, let me, let me respond. The way you can tell how a person is, is if you ask them to go out to pizza, where they say to get pizza. So like if it's at Fargo's, they probably like to have a good time. If it's at, let's say like Il Vicino's, maybe they're a little more uppity. Uh, or if it's at Pizza Hut, you know, it's like Netflix and chill, right? So, oh, and then there was Poor Richard's too, which I personally would have requested, but. Um, <laughs> what so, did Poor Richard's mean? Uh, that you're fabulous. No, I don't know that you like books, <laughs> toys, and pizza. <laughs> oh, and <sense>. wine. <laughs> um, so we were supposed to have a pizza night uh it didn't happen and we ended up meeting at sugars and you know sugars is cute for a date right but like we were so used to hanging out at tony's listening to the jukebox and like dancing on that dirty ass floor i mean <laughs> that was more our speed so we had one drink at sugars and we we're like let's go to tony's so we went to tony's and uh i don't know if it was like karaoke or something Oh, it's trivia. We stayed out. <laughs> yeah, I needed to show her I was smart. Um, we hung out, got real drunk. She ended up coming home with me. I hit, so I was either going to friend her, just like, we got to be friends because you're really cool. I really like you. And I don't ever want to be like an ex like that. I hate, I have too many exes. I didn't want that. So I was just going to friend her. But she's like, we would have never been friends. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she went home with me that night and uh just about every night since so um the rest is history we just really enjoy each other um we both come from California so when we go back there we're just like we got to do this got to do this and we're all about it um she's easygoing she lets me be who I am what oh our families get along um yeah. So, that's <laughs> so, so when did you guys get married and how, what, so I guess what my real question would be, what kind of influenced your decision to get married and to Taylor rather than your other exes? <laughs> <laughs> so I had actually signed off getting married. I didn't think I was going to, I think, how old was I when I got married, Tay? Uh, <laughs> so 39 when I got married um I kind of didn't think I was going to I mean I just wasn't having a lot of success um I really am attracted to toxic uh relationships for some reason um with the exception of Taylor uh but I I also had done a lot of growth being single of just like finding out who I was what uh expectations I have um, and how I wanted to be treated. So when I met Taylor, I was in a really good place with myself, um, which I think is important when you are meeting a partner um, because nobody's gonna complete you. I mean, you gotta do that on your own. So um, it, I mean, that's my philosophy. It could be different for others, but that was what works for me. So um, we decided it's kind of an interesting story. So at the time when we started dating, 
uh, same-sex marriages were not legal in all 50 states. And so we had talked about, one of our first conversations was one, I told her, I don't want children. Um, I thought that was really important to tell her really soon, like early on the relationship because I didn't want her to waste her time and I didn't want there to be any sort of expectation that I was not willing to um, fulfill, I suppose. So that was like number one, like, and I know that sounds so serious, but I think it was important that I said that right off the bat because that's important to a lot of people. Um, And then, so there, we had talked about marriage because we were so into each other. And I was like, oh God, marriage. Like I saw what my parents were like, I don't really want that. Talked about that. And then um, we also didn't think it was very, it was just our belief that we didn't want to get married till everybody in the 50 states could get married, regardless if it was to another man, another woman. Like we, that was important to us. We didn't want to, even though it was legal in Colorado, get married till that right was given to everybody. Because at the time, like my cousin, Corey, she lived in a state that she couldn't. So that was also kind of like a slap in the face, right? Like, oh, look at what I'm doing, but you can't do that in your state. Like it just, it, it didn't feel good. Um, and then shortly thereafter, the Supreme Court, of course, passed the law that uh, same-sex marriages were legal. But another big thing about getting married was like, like for medical reasons. So like um, if we weren't married and something happened to me that was life-threatening, she would not necessarily be allowed um, in the hospital room or to make any sort of decisions um, that would be given to my immediate family. Um, so that aspect is kind of, is real important to us. Uh, yeah, so Taya just mentioned it's because it was right after the Orlando shooting too. Um, and so we, how devastating would that be if something happened to one of us and we couldn't be there? Um, so we decided once Supreme, uh, court had passed that law that, yeah, let's do this. Well, not really. So (laughs) I didn't like assume, oh, because this happened, we're getting married. Like, that's not, it wasn't like, oh, well, guess what? Next day we better set a date. Um. (laughs) <laughs> it was just that was something that we knew we we didn't want to do until something like that happened and then um she took me on a little hot springs cabin trip and we didn't take our dogs and it seemed like so, like she's just not the planner of these kinds of trips I am I'm like oh let's go to this cabin let's go we're gonna go on these hot spring trips like let's do this Taylor was just like, yeah, I'm going to go along for this adventure. Well, she had planned this one. And so already I was like, what the hell is she doing? Like, what's going on? (laughs) And uh, so she had planned this beautiful picnic in an Aspen-filled cemetery because I'm spooky like that. And I like cemeteries. Um, And we went to this one in, don't tell me, St. Elmo. We went to the St. Elmo uh, cemetery. And she had the picnic out, she had champagne. And then people started coming to the cemetery and I got weirded out and I was like, we gotta go. And she's like, I was like, yeah, let's go, let's pack it up, let's go. And so her initial plan was to ask me to marry her then in that cemetery. But I'm like, we gotta get out of here. It's acting weird. Well, the following day we went to um, a cemetery in Como, Colorado, again, a ghost town, Aspen's turning yellow, 
beautiful. Um, it's a cemetery we had visited many times before. And we're there and we're sitting down, kind of enjoying it. And we're talking about food because we're getting hungry. And she gets, she goes to get up. And I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to ask me to marry you this weekend. And she like <laughs> looked at me and she's like, I, so she was actually getting on her knee is what it was. Oh. Like, yeah, I was going to ask you. And so I totally fucking ruined it. And then after she had asked me, I was like, yes, yes. You know, so excited. And then um, I just looked at her and I was like, this is weird. What do we do now? <laughs> I'm hungry. Let's go eat. <laughs> so what made you, I mean, I know that you knew a lot more, well, not knew a lot more people, but you got married in Colorado Springs rather than California. Was there a reason? Was it just because you lived here or? Yeah, I think it is just because we lived here. Um, there were so many people that we wanted to be a part of our wedding. Um, so like we had a friend who was an officiant. Um, our friend did my hair. Our friend did um, the food. Our friend, well, her brother DJed. Our friend um, did my makeup. Our friend, um, let's see, what else? We had a friend that bartended at the wedding. I mean, we wanted all of our friends to be a part of it. Um, yeah, we had photographers that were friends. Um, and we have a big chosen family here. Um, Tay and I talk about this all the time that we're really lucky that we have the people in our lives that we do now. A majority of them are people I met roller skating. Um, I think almost all of them, with the exception <laughs> of some of those friends from like UCCS, but like I mean, we just have a really great support group here and we wanted them to be a part of it. And also like our family, they could fly out here. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, friends might not be able to get there so easily. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what is it like to be in a same sex marriage in Colorado Springs? Do you ever feel like that is a... Um, a stigma or that is something that uh, you can't really talk about with some people like you were talking about a little bit with your friends or is it something that's like you don't even really think about it uh interesting so for, for a long time I wasn't out at work um at all I mean I didn't tell anybody I taught with um none of my assistants just because I didn't really know how people would react uh, because they're, Colorado Springs is conservative um, in a lot of ways. Um, and so it's kind of scary um, in that I didn't want to come out to like, let's say my teacher's assistant and then have to deal with perhaps her being uncomfortable, um, being rude, uh, maybe accusing me of something. Um, that was, that, those are all real risks that I felt. So I didn't want really to come out to people at work. Now, I think maybe because of my age, I just don't really give a fuck anymore. Like <laughs> you don't fucking like me, deal with it. Or, I mean, what are you gonna do about it? So now at work, lots of people know, I mean, I'm married too. So, I mean, I can't just be like, oh, my partner. I mean, I could, but I, I don't care anymore. It's just like, but I'm also not around like, in my position now, I'm not just in one classroom, I kind of travel around. And so 
I don't, if there was somebody who had a problem with me, it's not like I have to be with them all day. Um, I don't know. Um, today we went and got our taxes done. This, uh, it's like at a church and it's free. And so that's how we do it. Cause it's free. And you get a real, like a question. There's always like, you could tell there's a question of like, the, the gentleman was like, who's head of household? Uh, like, you know, and it's like, oh, and for me and Taylor, we don't give a fuck, like what? Just whoever name is first, whatever. <laughs> uh, or, and then they said, God bless to us after. And so <laughs> um, also, I mean, sometimes when we go to bars, I worry, like, you know, I worry about Tay. I worry about people going off and the person I am, I stand up for who I am. I'm going to stand up for people I love. And that has gotten me in trouble in the past. Um, but I'm not going to let somebody be disrespectful, especially to somebody I love. And so sometimes when you walk into a bar, even, you know, here in the Springs, I got to kind of take a look around and be like, take an assessment you know, I don't know. Do you, do you find that there's certain bars and you don't have to name them if you're not comfortable, but do you, do you tend to think that there are certain bars or areas in the Springs that you would feel less comfortable in, or are there more um, bars that you feel more comfortable in? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There are definitely bars that I am not comfortable in. Um, not only, <laughs> this kind of sucks, uh, not only because I'm gay and my wife is gay, but also because I'm a woman, like, does that, that sounds crazy. Like there are some bars I'm just like, Ooh, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't feel very safe. Um, but then there are bars, um, which I will name, uh, like icons downtown. I mean, I feel completely fucking comfortable there. Um, I feel comfortable at the Zodiac. Well, it's not the Zodiac anymore, but, uh, <laughs> Fritz's, I feel comfortable there. Um, you know, there's uh, Burlaby, you know, this is part of the burlesque community, which, you know, they're very welcoming. Um, so, and like dive bars too. Yeah, I mean, we have a local <laughs> dive bar called the Adam's Apple and like the bartenders all know us there and know that we're married. And so, I mean, if a patron were to, give us a hard time, those bartenders would look out after us. Um, so that's, that's nice. But yeah, I, you know, when I think about this, it's like, oh shit, there are places I don't really want to go. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's places that <laughs> everyone doesn't want to go. <laughs> um, so some of those bars that you were mentioning, like icons and things like that, are those, um, would you say they're gay bars, that they're gay friendly bars? Is there a, a difference between that even? Uh, yeah, I think there is a difference. Um, so like Icons, I think, I guess is a gay bar. I mean, I'm assuming so. I don't know if that's what they say on their website. Um, you know, Zodiac Fritz's, they're gay friendly. Um, back long, long time ago, there was a place called the Bijou. Uh, that was a lesbian bar, no longer there. Uh, there was the hide and seek way a long time ago. Uh, that was a gay bar, no longer there. 
There was also a place, I wonder if you uh, know this one called Bubbles. It was on Fillmore. That I was I don't remember Bubbles. I don't remember oh. Bubbles. Yeah, it then turned into a church. <laughs> a biker church, tasted. Um, and then, oh. yeah, so, but like, there's not a ton. I mean, right now, for sure, I would say, um, oh, and then there used to be the underground. That was, that was a gay bar. But that now is La Burla B. Um, but, and so it's not like, that's a gay friendly bar, not exclusively gay. I think they were trying to do like, um, like lesbian night or something, but not exclusively gay. Um, yeah. There's are there, are there other like establishments that you go to that you know are gay owned or gay friendly or anything? There's Club Q. We don't go so often. Um, you know, there's, I think there's been a change in ownership recently, but I mean, there, there was some things going on there that I don't know a ton about, but it just didn't seem like a safe space for some people in the gay community. Um, but it is gay owned and it's a gay bar. Uh, but Tay and I don't go very often. We, we love to dance and they have music, but we just don't go there very often. Is there any, like besides bars, like any other stores or anything like that that you know of? Stores. Oh. I mean, when I was a baby gay, Hot Topic was all the rage. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't, I mean, like when living in LA, like Santa Monica, you could, you would see the gay shops. I mean, you knew that they were either gay owned or gay friendly because they would have a flag out or of the merch that they were selling. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of that here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to switch a little bit and start talking a little bit about what you, your current employment. So you'll have to explain what you do a little bit and how that, but what you do, what do you do? <laughs> uh, so currently I am a behavioral interventionist, which is, um, I work with children that, um, struggle with either being able to um, function appropriately and social interact with during social interactions or in a classroom. Um, a lot of times in my perspective, uh, behavior is communicating something. And so my job is to kind of figure things out and how, what strategies we can use to um, make sure that the child is feeling heard and seen. Um, but then is given strategies to be able to manage those feelings that they're feeling. Um, a lot of the, the community that I serve are high risk families, um, whether that be military family, um, single parent family, low income family, uh, families that have children um, that might have a disability. Um, so the, the community I serve and work with mostly are children that um, come from high-risk homes. And so a lot of times the behavior is communicating some sort of emotion. Um, it could even be PTSD. I mean, um, so I go in and I support the teacher. So, um, you know, they might be at their wit's end because they just don't know what to do for this child. And I go in there and I kind of observe, and then I help with strategies and um, 
come to the classroom. I visit them about once a week. I have eight classrooms right now that I'm supporting. So that's what I do. That's, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> do you, um, since you've been at your job, I know you were talking a little bit about how you never really told people that, you know, of your, your identity or of your personal life. Um, do you think that has gotten a little bit better or do you still feel like um, there's still a little bit of hiding that you, that you need to continue with? So, um, because I don't work with parents directly as much anymore. So I used to be a classroom teacher. So I was in the classroom and I had, you know, let's like 15 families that I worked with. Um, because I'm more like a, a teacher support now, I don't work with families as much. Um, but when I was a teacher, I was a little nervous sometimes to come out to any of the family members. Um, like I wouldn't invite them on my social media or anything like that um, because I don't know their stance and I didn't want to com compromise that relationship, um, which that sucks. I mean, I can't be my authentic self. But then on the flip side of that, uh, something that I had mentioned to like my supervisors at the time is how do our families know that we are gay friendly? My classroom is gay friendly. Like I have no judgment. So how do I make sure that the fact, cause I did have families um, that were in same sex relationships and I wanted them to know that my classroom was safe for them um, and that they, they're not being judged because I know what that feels like. Um, so I encourage my supervisors. So one of the things in a classroom, uh, especially in early education is we like to put up pictures of uh, diverse families so that the children can see um, you know, different, maybe their cultures represented in those uh, pictures or whatever. I encourage my organization to let's get some same sex families up here, like these generic pictures. Of course, we have our kids' pictures up there with their families, but something bigger than that. Um, so parents know they're safe and that they can come in without judgment, because I think that really changes your relationship with those families if they feel that they're accepted. I'm sure with the kids too. Mm -hmm. That's that's awesome. Are you familiar with any of the organizations around town that are also working with children, like In and Out, things like that? Yeah, uh, Inside Out is a. Yeah, I'm sorry, Inside uh, Out. You're right. Uh, that's a huge one, and then there's also I know there's some um, teen shelters like Urban Peak. It might be something different now. Um, that uh, support kids that are runaways because their families didn't accept them or whatever, um, or whatever other reason they needed to leave home. Um, there's, and also, you know, it's what I've been seeing, which is really cool, is uh, last Pride Parade, I saw that District 2, that's a school district here uh, in Colorado Springs, they had a float at Pride, and I thought that was so cool. Cute. <laughs> but that was pretty awesome. Um, actually, speaking of pride, um, I have a, a couple of questions about that too. Um, how did you begin going to Pride right away when you were here? Um, how long have you been going to the Colorado Springs Pride? Yeah, every year. I go every year ever since I was here because that's where I knew I would meet people, especially when I was new. Um, I knew that's where I'd meet people. Um, and just kind of get a feel of, yeah, what is this all about? I mean, 
you go to different cities and pride's different. I mean, not different, like it's all the same, but like at a different scale. So like Denver pride, of course, is different than Colorado Springs. Um, and so, yeah, I go every year and I love pride. Um, I wish that it was uh, bigger, you know? I loved when it was at Acacia Park. Now they, I think it's gonna be at Acacia Park this year. I heard a rumor about that. I could be wrong. Um, but when they moved it to America the Beautiful, it kind of felt like we we're kind of like pushed over there, you know, like outside of downtown. Whereas when it's at Acacia Park, you're like right in the heart of downtown and everyone sees you and we're loud and proud, right? And uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I love it. I love Pride. And I love that. So the Pikes Peak Derby Dames, we are, we're in a lot of parades, but Pride is one that we're, we like to participate in. Um, and it's so fun to roller skate in it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. So speaking of the Pikes Peak Derby Dames, um, could you explain to us a little bit about uh, what that's all about? Good luck. Uh, that's a huge <laughs> part of my identity. Um, I, I, so when I was single, I had been in a, an abusive relationship, was not great. Um, I couldn't do, like, it was just not a good, good thing. So when I became single, I really kind of wanted to do everything that I could do to, you know, have a good time. So I had met a friend that was a non-skating official for roller derby and he needed a volunteer to help officiate this game. And I had never seen roller derby before. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, yeah, girls on roller skates. That sounds really fun. So I helped him out and I fell in love with it. And I was a non-skating official for a really long time, watching the girls skate and just uh, becoming friends with them and um, really loving being a non-skating official. I think I was kind of on the outside looking in and I just looking in the culture is amazing and beautiful and I want to be a part of it and you know women empowering women this is great and they're tough and they're strong and they're beautiful and they're just mm -hmm. uh, it was just this wonderful thing and it came into my life right at the perfect time. Um, and then after I was a non-skating official, I was like, I want to try to skate. This looks like a really good time. So I did. And it was really awesome to have, you know, already made friendships with a lot of the skaters. And so it made it easier to kind of jump into that. Um, it wasn't as intimidating um, as if perhaps I didn't know anybody. Um, and then all of my friends were really supportive. And so it was a really easy transition. And then I've been skating ever since uh, that. So the Pikes Peak Derby Dames are um, gay friendly. Um, I've never felt like I had to hide my identity. Um, and also just kind of um, as an, a group of our own, you know, their bylaws are changing constantly to reflect, um, you know, the things that are happening as far as changing how, what pronouns are used in our bylaws, um, which I think is really progressive. And I think that's amazing. Um, we are acceptant of trans skaters, which I think is fucking amazing. Um, and so that the culture of roller derby makes me feel really comfortable to be who I am and be unapologetic about it. Um, 
And so I, and I love, love so many of the people I've met. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of my life. So. So you, you were talking a little bit about the, um, uh, the new and improved inclusivity that, or inclusiveness, I guess, that uh, the roller derby league is doing what other kinds do they do a lot of things for like the lgbtq plus community do they do um you know any i mean not just not that it's not a big deal but not just skating in the in the pride parade but like so uh we have a charity community uh committee and every month we select a charity that we will um highlight and then a lot of times we end up working with that charity in some sort of fundraising capacity. So we have worked with Inside Out. Uh, They have been our highlighted charity uh, many times. And then we have something called Skate-a-thon, which is a fundraiser that skaters um, get money based on maybe how many laps they can skate within like a three hour period. Some skaters just get donations like a flat rate. And then a percentage of what we make from that fundraiser, we donate, we donated to Inside Out. Um, And so that's huge. I think because of the community that we are, um, it's just, it's supporting people like us, right? So um, I love that. And I, and, and there's talks, there's talks about, um, you know, the gender specific name, you know, of us, how are we going to change that? And um, I can't say more about that because <laughs> <laughs> no, understood. Uh, but change oh, is happening uh, within our roller derby league um, as far as names and pronouns and all of that stuff is all changing. So um, that makes me proud. That makes me proud that I'm around uh, people that want to make that change. So. So you said that the um, Pikes Peak Derby Dames were a community that you are a member of. Do you consider yourself a member of the LGBTQ plus community in Colorado Springs or like a part of pockets of it, I guess? Uh, I, I do feel part of the community, but I think because of, Tan and I talk about this all the time. So the way I identify one of them being I'm Mexican. I don't look Mexican. Uh, one of them being is I'm pansexual. I'm a lesbian, you know, like, but when people look at me, they make an assumption that I'm heterosexual. And so there are times in the LGBTQ plus community that I don't feel gay enough. Um, just like sometimes I don't feel Mexican enough because of my skin color, you know? Um, and that's, that sucks. It's heartbreaking for me. Cause then sometimes I'm like, okay, how, and then I also want people to know that they're safe with me. So I don't want somebody who is gay to think I'm going to make a judgment because guess what, babe, I am too. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there are times when I feel, and that happens to a lot of people who identify as either bisexual, pansexual, like you're not gay enough, you know, and that's, I don't like that. Um, but it happens. It happens. I, uh, Would you say that that was, that's more of a, like, Colorado Springs thing or did that happen when you were um in California too or is it just kind of something along the board I think that it's generally along the board um I think in bigger cities like Los Angeles there is more open-mindedness but it still happens like I don't know yeah 
I gotcha. Um, so how, how do you think, since you've been here for almost 20 years, do you think that the LGBTQ plus community in the Springs has changed at all? Do you think it has, um, I guess, just changed since you've been here? Has it gotten better? Is it, has it not changed at all except for being a little bit more inclusive? I mean, what, what is your take on that? You know, maybe because I'm older now, but like I would, if I were young and single, I don't know where I would go to meet people other than maybe some like online dating service. Like I feel like they're like a gay bar. Like even if I, I couldn't just, unless I'm at a gay bar, I can't just say, oh, I know this person will be interested in me if I'm interested in them. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of change happening in our community, um, but I don't think it's enough. I mean, I don't know. I, when I was at high school in Los Angeles, I could go to Melrose or Santa Monica and I was a kid and I knew where I would be accepted. Like my nephew, I'm like, where does he go? Does inside out? Like, is that the only place for him? For a kid like to feel safe yeah so I think one place here is not enough right especially How, that age I think do you do you think it would be um better if there were more um like gay friendly activity places for kids to go or were there they're not just a place to go or it's safe but they were um you know, they had pride flags. They had all of the kind of insignia, I guess, is the only word I can think of. But do you think it would be um, like those kinds of places would help out like children community centers or teen community centers, that kind of thing? Absolutely. I mean, we know that the suicide rate of the LGBTQ community uh, teens is fucking high. And I think if there were more places that they could feel accepted, that's a start to like help them feel a part of a community. I mean, I don't know. I wish Colorado had more, Colorado Springs. I wish Colorado Springs had more. Um, do you think things like pride are helping? Just Sure, I mean, uh, so my nephew was in the parade with me a couple years ago, uh, but that's because of who I am, right? Like it, would he have had that opportunity with somebody who didn't, a family member who didn't identify as such, you know, um, the parade's there, but it's for the people that want to go and see it, you know. Um, yeah. So I think it's great. I'm so glad we have one. If we didn't have one, I'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish Colorado Springs had more. That's all I can say. <laughs> As, as, um, as a person that works with at youth, I mean, uh, at risk youth, do you think that um, things are getting at all better for youth in, in Colorado Springs? Or do you think it's just kind of a, one of those things where it hasn't changed and it's not going to change because people don't want to change? Mm, uh, I think it's that one, the latter. I mean, 
because of where we live, there's a lot of military. So there's people coming from all different places. Um, there's a lot of mega churches here um, that don't support that lifestyle. Um, I, I think that Tay and I, again, talk about this. When we were growing up, when we were teenagers, yeah, it was coming out uh, like your sexuality, you're gay, you're lesbian, whatever. Now kids are hurt. The hurdle is, you know, identifying as trans. I mean, that's new and there's a lot of pushback. I mean, the media, there's pushback in sports. Um, and that's glow, like that's huge. That's in America. It's not just here. Um, and I think it's just, people are just like, if they don't understand something, they don't want to understand it. And that's just the way it's going to be. Um, when you were talking about being able, when you were younger, being able to just know where your safe places are, um, do you think that there's anywhere in Colorado Springs that does that besides like Inside Out? I mean, there's, is there in, have you, or, well, I guess you did kind of already answer this, but um, is the community here so different that it's not quite out yet <laughs> for youth or even for adults, for anybody who is just looking for safe spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, well, like I mentioned, you know, D2, District 2 had a float in the Pride mm -hmm. Parade. So that right. gives me hope, like this, dis this school district is um, supporting kids that identify. Um, so that's, that's big. I mean, School District 2 is a huge district. So that's great that they're setting that as a precedent. Um, it would be great if all of the school districts followed that, right? Um, <laughs> I, my safe spaces are usually people I know. So I already know where they stand. It's, I'm more reluctant to walk into places that I don't know and I don't know are gay friendly. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a lot here. I really don't. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard that before. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, this realization right now, like, yeah, where does, where does my nephew go if it's not somewhere that he knows is safe? And do you think it's the same way for adults or mainly think, for youth? Uh, no, I think for adults too. I know like Taylor talks about sometimes, you know, she gets misgendered every day she gets misgendered. So we go into a bar and she gets a hard time for going into the women's restroom. And that's scary. Uh, we were on a road trip. We were in Colorado and we stopped at a rest stop and um, this man gave her a hard time for going into the women's restroom. Like, are you in the right restroom? And she's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that I mean even as an adult it's scary because you don't know how a person's going to react and so like for Tate getting misgendered constantly it's a constant battle for her to have to prove that she's a woman mm -hmm. I mean it sucks there was we were at a bar one night and this person was giving Taylor a hard time um and Taylor was like, leave me alone, leave me alone. And this person would not. And so I stepped in because, you know, Taylor can handle her own battles. But when I heard <laughs> Taylor to say, you know, saying stop and this person wasn't listening, 
that's when I got pissed off. I was like that, this, like, leave her alone. Um, I ended up, this is a story for another time, but uh, <laughs> I like chased off this person to leave Taylor alone, like literally chased them down an alley. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's scary. And that's scary for her. And it pisses me off. And I hate the way that feels that when we walk into somebody, I have sometimes I'll consciously, and I don't know if Taylor knows this, um, but I'll go to the bathroom with her and I'll take my time until she comes out of the stall and I make, and I wait for her because I don't want anyone to say anything to her. And that's what, that's what we deal with daily. Like we in fact just dealt with it two days ago. Oh no, here or? Well, I was at rest stop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not that that makes it any better, but. <laughs> it wasn't well, Colorado. Sorry that you still have to do that. That's. Yeah. But I mean, there's a bar in town that has some shitty shit on their bathroom uh, doors right now. And it, it's like a picture. Um, what is that person's name, Taylor? Jenner. Yeah, Caitlin. Jenner. Oh, Caitlin. And yes. And so this place, this establishment uh, has a picture of Caitlyn Jenner in the women's. And then um, when Caitlyn before was um, a man on the men's bathroom. Hmm. And that's fucked up. <laughs> that is, I agree. So that's a bar that I don't want to go to. And, yeah. Um, I mean, imagine Taylor going in the fucking bathroom there, like getting misgendered. How are they going to react to her? Yeah. So that's uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is really not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess, um, is there let's anything? Not on that. Um, I, I, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add about either, like, well, about anything, anything at all? Uh, I just, I, I am really, Taylor and I are really lucky to have our um, chosen family and our families to be accepting. We are so lucky that um, we have that in our lives. There are people that do not Um, and so we know that we are very lucky in that way. And, uh, I want to thank you and I want to thank like UCCF for doing this. Like, this is great to have this, um, archived and, um, it, this stuff like this content like this is going to make change. And, um, that's why I wanted to be a part of it because if I can inspire somebody through my stories, then I hope that that uh, gets through. So um, I'm really glad that UCCS is doing this and that's that feels good. That feels really good. On, on that note, is there anything that you would like to share with anyone who would be watching this uh, video in, in the archive later? Any, anything? Uh, people are gonna love you no matter what. I mean, you could be who you are, be your authentic self and people are going to love you um, it's okay to be scared, um, uh, be strong, um, 
yeah, I mean, life is beautiful. So let's, I try to focus on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We wanted to thank you again so much for your willingness to be a, a part of this project with us. It's, it's a very important to, to be able to hear your story and your story is important. And I'm glad that we got it down. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> I'm um, I was going to ask, is there, do I get to hear it or do I look it up at a library? What do I do? <laughs> Actually, yes. So let me stop recording real quick and then uh, I'll let you know that. All right.